14 Bannerman Road is where Sarah Jane Smith lives. And 14 Bannerman Road is the name of my podcast about it. This time, Series 1, Episode 1, Revenge of the Selene, Parts 1 and 2. Both written by Gareth Roberts and directed by Alice Troughton, and both first broadcast on the 24th of September 2007. So, 24th of September 2007. We're almost 10 months on from the pilot, which was, I think, the 1st of January. And we're diving into a whole series, so they didn't hang about. And the title, Revenge of the Selene, that's an interesting title, because it really only makes sense if you've seen Doctor Who. Which at the time, well, if you'd seen series one of Doctor Who, right? Which, you know, at the time I hadn't seen. I started watching series three. So probably about the same time I started watching Sarah Jane Adventures. Um... But, I mean, after watching the episode, you don't need to have watched that episode, the Doctor Who episode, to to get it. It's quite self-explanatory, you know. Or it doesn't it doesn't hinge on that episode at all. But uh, it's it's just interesting that the title does. So we start off, as I said before, there's no thirteen Bannerman Road is where Sarah Jane Smith lives. It's all a facade until we get to series three. So we get a little monologue from Maria, which is catching us up on the premise of the show, because it has been ten or so months. She basically gives a brief overview of what's happened in episode zero. And um, she mentions the school starting, right? Like, she's joined a new school and everything after she's moved to Bannerman Road. So that would start the the school year like the the entire school year is starting she's joining at start of new year um and it's luke's first year of school and uh that quite kind of ties it in nicely with the time at which it aired because it's in september your school's just started they're starting their new school year that's quite nice i'm not sure i assume they planned that or, you know, possibly wrote it in when they figured out how the timing was going to work. Um, and so we get a little flash forwards to the weird things that we're about to see. Right, all the alien goings on at this school. Which suggests that Maria's doing the monologue after the events have happened. But we don't get it, sort of, it to come full circle at the end, like in episode zero. Which I, I really want to call episode one. Calling something episode zero is weird, but Sarah Jane Adventures is a bit weird, isn't it? So Sarah's sending Luke off to school. She gives him a kiss and everything. Uh, and she doesn't like Luke calling her mum. She's like, oh no, Sarah Jane's fine. Don't need to call me mum and everything. That's the full circle we're going to get. Spoilers. And then enter Clyde coming in. And like for a brief second, but the camera the camera focuses on him enough. But he doesn't say anything, he just sort of gives him a look and walks on by. And it's like, oh yeah, we'll see a bit more of you later. A lot more of you later. He'll be part of the crew. Um And Maria draws attention to the school having a brand new flashy building that's just been put up and everything. Uh which immediately suggests that there's something fishy about that. She says, I think, uh the line she says, that's a bit flashy. Which I just thought was a weird line. 
Like, uh, it makes sense, but I don't think anybody actually talks like that. <laughs> and then we go, we go straight to the evil aliens, the Slovene. It's the Revenge of the Slovene. And um, Dutch angles all the way. We're keeping them up, which I love. <laughs> and they do the thing once again, like in Episode Zero, with the audience knowing more than the characters, which is dramatic irony, I think. Um, and so the aliens scan the playground and they talk about how they're going to fit inside a human, which is... They're physically going to fit inside a human, but it's, the phrasing's a bit uh, funny. And... Uh, Evil alien man, he's all a bit farty, which I would say is a big giveaway. Uh, but the even bigger giveaway is him grabbing a teacher and then lining him up in front of a big green clawed hand that slashes him. Obviously, it's not... you don't see any gore. You see a great thing from the perspective of the hand coming down into the teacher's face as he goes, Aah! and then it's sort of a... Fade to black and everything. Um, it's, it's just, I love, I, I said this before, but I love the campness. Uh, I'll talk more about how the Slovene actors really, really ham it up. It's, and it's amazing. But um, yeah, so basically, oh, the, the, <laughs> the hand also quite comically taps him on the shoulder <laughs> and he turns around and then it goes for his face. Which is great. And it's a very... It's a Selene hand, so if you know what a Selene is like, you know it's not convincing at all. Uh, it's a great big puppety suit kind of thing. But I kind of love it. I really like how old Doctor Who it is. How, you know... They're, they're, they're reusing costumes from Doctor Who. It's it's The budget isn't crazy high. Um, I mean, I said they don't have the budget of Doctor Who. Doctor Who, and especially Series One, was, there was there was very little budget at all. Um, so they so sort of reusing all that. I love I love the feel that that gives. I love how like this is Doctor Who. This is people in big suits running round, talking about how they can smell you. And want to gobble you up and all this, all this stuff. Not quite as creepy as uh, the Bane and their sort of hidden experiments. These are a lot more theatrical, but you'll see. We'll get there. So uh, it's it's a new school for both Maria and Luke. Maria's obviously joined this new school because she's moved. Luke has joined this new school because he's just been born. Uh, it's a new school for Clyde as well who introduces himself by saying that he'll band together with the new kids till he finds cooler people. Um, which which is rude, but he delivers it in a sort of cheeky and lovable way. He is immediately so much more likeable than Kelsey. Which is great for somebody who's going to stick around for the entire remainder of the show. Uh, five series, four and a half, five series. So, uh, it's, it's good to immediately like him. And he, he does claim that it's a joke, you know. Um, and Luke is, of course, very formal because he knows nothing of societal norms. Uh, so 
Clyde gets a little bit weirded out by him, and he's like, okay, I was joking about you being uncool, but now I mean it. But, you know, he still sits next to him and everything. And uh, they're all in, in the big hall for assembly. Because the alien, the main alien, is the head teacher. Um, and he gives a very unprofessional assembly, which is sort of a dead giveaway that something's up. Uh, but to be honest with you, if I were in that assembly, it would be the best assembly that I've ever witnessed. Because he's basically like, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 do well, don't wear makeup. Pay attention in your classes because none of you are going to be pop stars. All right, see ya. <laughs> Which is, you know, he didn't, he doesn't care. Uh, his, uh, but he says, I'm, I'm going to give you all tours of the new shiny block that we've got, uh, and he calls Clyde and Luke's class ten B. So, if they're in year ten, that suggests that they're fifteen, I think. For some reason, I'm really bad at linking school years to ages. Uh, year 7, you're what, 11? So, 14, 15. 14 is maybe, maybe makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think, I think 14 would make sense. Because they seem, they seem just a bit, a bit younger than to be 15 year olds. But maybe, maybe I can't remember what it was like to be 15. Which isn't to say that it was a long time ago, it's just to say that I have a very, very bad memory. Um, um, but maybe it's because Luke's quite naive, and, you know, that's his character, so maybe he's, he just seems a bit younger. So they, they go around the new block, and everything apparently smells like batteries. And it's very quick to cut there. It's like, okay, assembly, you get a tour of the new block, now you're in the canteen. It's all very quick. The, the, the entire show... The entire episode is really quite quick. It's not... I'm not breathless or anything. Like, I can keep up with it. But I'm like, oh, is this... Is this what kids' TV is like, probably? It's just... It's done very, very efficiently, really. They give you a whole lot of information in this 25... 20, 27 or so minutes? Things tend to be formatted about 27 minutes. I think so they can put in ads. But it's the BBC, so it doesn't have any ads. Anyway. Um... And so the head teacher he continues being all unprofessional. He's he's joining in with bullying a kid at lunch. Like everyone walks past him and smacks him on the head, and then the teacher just walks by and smacks him on the head as well. Which is like, I almost wish they didn't do the whole "Hey, this guy's the Slovene," because it's so obvious in the way that he acts that. I'm not sure if we're getting anything out of it being reiterated. But, yeah, who knows? Who knows, really? Um, so, Claude and Maria are sitting at lunch. And they're bonding over the fact that uh, they both have divorced parents. Because Clyde has just moved to the area, because it's, it's, it's basically the same backstory as Maria. And uh, they're eating food, and it's gone mouldy. Right? And they're like, oh, it's... Ugh, can't eat that, it's horrible. And they ask the head teacher, they're like, what, what, I mean, what are you going to do about this? And he's just like, oh, just don't eat the mouldy bits. You know, it's continual reiteration of how bad he is at being a head teacher and how, hmm, there's something up with him. <laughs> um, 
and uh, the shot of the of Clyde with his mouldy food seems to be used twice in quick succession. But I suppose I'm not sure if it's the same shot or if they've just I don't know because if you I don't know it's just it's just weird. I I feel like it's something I spotted of like yeah they reuse that there to fill in a tiny gap or something where it'd be weird looking at somebody's face because I've kept on somebody's face too long or whatever. But you know that's fine. That's making a show, isn't it? That's how shows work. Um, but that I, on the one hand, I quite like that uh, Maria and Clyde are like, okay, the teacher's acting suspicious, he's farting all the time, the new block smells like batteries, the food's going mouldy, like something is up here. I don't know how many minutes we're in, but it's it's... We're not that far in at all, probably about five minutes. And they've immediately twigged that something is weird. Which I like. I like that they're not stupid. But it seems like everyone else is. All the other kids at school are just like, yeah, a bit weird, isn't it? And then just go on about their day. There's no there's like every every other kid in the school is a background extra. There's no sort of shots of what anybody else is thinking about this all in the background but you know it's implied that nobody's raising any concerns about this really because otherwise it would be it wouldn't be the Sarah Jane adventures it would be the Jim and Kate adventures or you know these random kids that are at the same school that have figured out that stuff's going weird you need your protagonists to be the smart ones but in that case they're just sort of the normal ones and everyone else is really stupid um anyway then after lunch apparently the school day is over <laughs> i mean i get I, I like that really i like there are unnecessary lessons that like, they just sit there and have lessons with teachers and we don't need to see any of that so school school day is over now sarah jane has given maria a lift home with luke and then maria's dad comes across the road and they're sort of uh, Maria and her dad Ellen are having a bit of banter and everything and Sarah Jane is sort of looking and admiring the relationship and she asks Alan like uh, how 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 he's so good with her and he's just like oh it's sort of normal normal thing it always been that way really but you can tell that Sarah Jane wants to replicate that with Luke which is very nice I I, I like I like that that there's this sort of undercurrent in the show of them trying to of of Sarah Jane trying to become a good man. Um and so she Sarah Jane, she gets chatting with Maria's dad. I'm just gonna always call him Maria's dad. That's what I've got written down in my notes. His name's Alan. Um and he said that he did an IT job in another school, and that other school had a fresh new block put in, and that block smelt with the batteries. So that's a weird coincidence, isn't it? And so Sarah's now the cogs are wearing in Sarah's mind. She's going, okay, some, something's up here. Um, but before that, she's having you know before she can figure it out. Uh, she's having a chat with Luke because uh, Luke is is really quite 
sad and nervous about school because he thinks, oh, I've I've been making all these all these social faux pas. I don't know. Like I was very formal with Clyde, and I don't know why the teacher farting all the time is funny. And you know, it's I I, I feel like I can't fit in. And Sarah's very good at uh, reassuring him, and she's very lovely. And all her fears about being a good mum, I feel like a. You know, she she don't need to worry at all. She's great, and she says that uh, she wanted to give Luke a normal life, which is why she sent him to school. She was like, "I could homeschool you, but I want you to live a normal life," which is uh, perhaps a slight diss to kids who are homeschooled. But you know, I can understand where she's coming from. And when she gets to researching who built the uh, school blocks. Because it's a bit suspicious. And so she looks them up and it's just a, a company called Cold Fire Construction. Which I, I looked up afterwards. Like I was just looking up the episode. And um, I think it came up that it's just a legitimate company. And rather than put up new signs and everything when they go there. It's just the company. <laughs> and like this isn't the best story really to promote your construction company is being because the story makes it out as a front for evil alien activity but uh yeah it's quite funny that they're just coal fire construction at least in 2007 was a legitimate company and the bbc just turned up there and were like hey can we film a show can we just put you in it which is that's amusing um and <laughs> so she's like, okay, it's just, I've just built all these school blocks. Fair enough. And she says the line, makes a change. It's not aliens. Hard cut to the aliens. <laughs> I love that. That's way better than the, than the tea and then hard cut to being served tea. The makes a change. It's not aliens. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, and it's just a shot of them doing very over-the-top electrical alien things. They just, you know, synchronise their megawattage, which is complete technobabble pseudoscience nonsense. No, well, pseudoscience is like when they try and pass it off as real science. This is, you know, they've just made up some sciencey words for them to throw around that don't actually mean anything, but sound good when they put them on in their villainous voices. Um, and then Chrissy, uh, Maria's mum has come round, and she says she's come round to see her daughter. Oh, by the way, Alan, now that I'm here, you are going to give me that lovely duvet, that lovely double duvet, because I'm dating the judo instructor, I think, uh, and you're single, and you don't need a double duvet, so hand it over. You know, she's very transparent that she has ulterior motives um, and she's also there to diss Alan and act surprised that he's actually competent at decorating the house and she reveals that, the, that she forgot it was Maria's first day at school so all in all she's just there being a terrible terrible mum um, and so like we're ten minutes in now I've, I've made a mark here that we're ten minutes in 
and like all of this stuff has happened. Which, in a way, it's not a lot of stuff story-wise, but it's a, a lot of scenes that have, that have gone by. Um, so while they're all in the house, I'm not 100% sure why Chrissy is there, you know? He doesn't particularly add an awful lot. Like, Alan's there because he's got the background in IT and stuff, and he can, you know, give that bit of knowledge. Everyone else seems to have a purpose. I'm not 100% sure what Chrissy's is. But while they're all there, uh, there's a power cut. There's a power cut, which is uh, we've shot day for night and we've just put a blue filter over everything. <laughs> which, fair enough. I mean, if you've got a completely black screen, you can't see what's going on. If you put a blue filter over it, the audience in their mind goes, okay, it's dark, it's nighttime, but you can still see everything going on. So it's perfectly fine. Um, but I, I, I see it and I point it out. Um, and so the power cut is making everything lose power. It's making the TV lose power, lights lose power. You know, it's a power cut. Uh, they go to turn on a torch and the torch loses power. The battery powered torch. They go to light some candles. And the candles lose power. The fire goes out. Doesn't seem to just be an electrical power cut. It just seems to be all energy is being sucked away, which is very interesting. And even alien tech that's supposed to be, you know, just it's not running on the grid or anything. Uh, Mr. Smith. Sarah Jane's scanner watch. All that goes out. So you're like, okay, something's up here. I wonder if it could possibly be connected to the stuff that the Slovene are doing in the school with all their electrical sparks flying everywhere and synchronizing the megawattage, hmm? Um, and uh, Chrissy's there just sort of being annoying and Alan is getting silly more annoyed with her and you can see it in his face and it's really quite good because he's, he's he's gonna he's not he's not he's not the type to be like Chrissy no get out you know he's he's quite he's not wet really you know he's not a pushover but he's sort of like oh right she's come around I gotta put up with this and you can see that in his face and it's a nice bit of acting uh and so the aliens are very inept at uh, synchronizing their megawattage and they have to switch all the power back on uh, and so then the candles come back on and Maria's sort of there going hmm how how bizarre that is and now here's here's the point where I've written down that I love how villainous uh, the people playing the Selene the headmaster and the teacher I love I love how much they are, and I love that the headmaster is sort of the big, you know, personality like like the leader, and then you've got his sort of little more subservient teacher, this sort of <laughs> just scurrying around as well, and like I I love the the sort of they wibble their heads around and they give those sort of evil smirks and they do evil laughs and. <laughs> Uh, like they're just they're chewing the scenery. They are, they are villains. 
it has been really it's been quite a while since I've watched something with uh a villain who who is just a villain hundred percent there's no disguising it. And of course they try and disguise it around all the kids and everything because they don't want to be found out. But they're just walking down this corridor, chanting about their evil plans and cackling to each other and I adore it so much. It's so incredibly entertaining. Um, and so Sarah's gone off to investigate this other school because she's like, There's something's, something's going on. My scanner watch has gone off. That's, that's not right. Something's going on here. Uh, so she gets Alan to give her the plans to the school and she says the line something mysterious inside a school that would be ridiculous wouldn't it mm, how ridiculous it would be to have something <laughs> mysterious inside a school like that episode of Doctor Who where Sarah Jane showed up called School Reunion where, interestingly, also, the head teacher was an alien. It's uh, a nice parallel. And uh, so you got the teacher and the, the Slovene teacher, and he's he's doing a science lesson. And Clyde has brought in a chip sandwich, and uh, the teacher he freaks out about it and throws it away. And he's brought in this sandwich because he, he doesn't want to eat the moldy food. Which I've realised is probably the entire point of the mouldy food. Because later on, it just sort of, they just go, oh, it's a side effect of the alien science. And it seems really quite weak. But at least it is uh, a way of them getting the chip sandwich into the story. Because the chip sandwich, if weirdly, is important later. Um, but also, uh, within this scene... Uh, a teacher takes note of how smart Luke is because he's got the combined knowledge of all the children in London or whatever from when the Bane made him. So if the Slovene are quite inept at their plan and there's a very, very smart child here, you know, two and two are going to get put together, aren't they? And uh, Sarah's gone over to this other school and they've just plonked a big CGI building in there with a radar dish on top. But I mean, it looks it looks alright. Again, low res, hides the crimes. Looks alright. Suddenly, only in there for one shot. Um, and all the same stuff is happening there. There's security cameras, and there's Sabine there spying on her. Uh, it's there's a, the head teacher's talking about all the food going rotten. And it's at this point that I that the thought occurs to me. I'm not sure how okay I am with the head teacher, the teacher, the lady spying on them through the security cameras, all Savine, all fat people. And they there's like a, a story kind of logic to it in that they need larger people because they physically have to hollow them out and wear their skin which is horrifying when i say it out loud um but like that's written you don't that doesn't need to be the case does it like they wrote this story and they wrote that the Slovene need fat people so then 
you know, oh, this is like what kind of message are they putting out that the villains are the fat ones? You know, you know, doesn't seem doesn't seem nice, does it? I'm unsure that we're gonna get a full episode that's completely unproblematic, which is slightly worrying. But hmm, okay. So yes, of course, Sabine want to use Luke to help her solve their ineptitude, and so they lure him in with Science Club. And it's only him that turns up, but it's not only him that turns up. One more kid turns up. And again, this kid is like the only fat kid in the school. So my brain sees him and goes, oh, he's a Sabine. Which I don't like the conditioning that they've created of going, if they're fat, they're an evil alien. I don't, hmm, don't like it, but it's, it's it, it occurred. It occurred in my mind. Um, and it turns out I was right. So, you know. So at this point, Sarah's phoned up uh, Maria. And like I, I guess she's got a hands-free thing in her car. Her car seems a bit old for it. But uh, she's phoned up Maria. She's like, Maria, there's weird stuff going on at school B that I'm at. You're at school A. Can you do some more investigation so we can figure out what's going on here? And... Uh, Clyde finds Luke and Maria, you know, snooping around investigating. And he's like, you're acting really weird. He's acting very inquisitive about it. And it's really the point that he's going to be drawn into the gang now because he wants to follow them around. He wants to find out what they're up to. So he's kind of in this gang by coincidence, really. He's, he's turned up and he's seen these two other kids and it could have been anyone else. So I hate to be so mean to Clyde, but there's nothing particularly special about him. But in, in a way, that's quite nice. It's sort of a way of saying it could be any of you at home, sitting at home watching the show. You could be Clyde, you could be Maria, you probably couldn't be Luke. Luke was made by aliens. But, you know, the majority of this cast are normal people. And so Luke is uh, chatting to Clyde, and he's just given away all this information about himself. And he's very, very lucky that it just about sounds reasonable. Because he is like millimeters away from saying, Hi, I was made by aliens. Um, it's just a scene of incredible naivety. Which I'm not sure how. I hope Luke does learn as the show goes on. I understand this is technically episode one, so it's fine. But it is like, it's potentially starting to grate a little bit of, of just like his extreme misunderstanding of how the world works but I'll, I'll let it slide for the remainder of this episode because we need to set it up in the first place before we can then knock it down really um and so sarah's bringing up all the uh, issues she's she's now gone off to the construction company to you know find out hey you put up all these blocks and like all this weird stuff's happening what's going on and uh it turns out that They've gone all over the world setting up these buildings. It's not just in the UK, no, it's in like 10 other countries or at least 10 other locations across the world. And um, she's mentioning that in the plans for all the buildings, they've got a weird empty room. 
It's like, why, why, why have you got too much floor space? You know, what's in this room behind this wall? I wonder what it could be. Could it be rooms for weird electrical experiments, potentially? And uh, But she's chatting about it as we're cutting back to Luke and Clyde walking up to this wall where the empty room's going to be, and you're like, oh, it's a whole lot of drama, the music starts going, and there's a whole lot of drama, and you're building it up, and where's Maria? And it turns out that Maria's off doing other investigation. She's in another room. She's hiding under a table because the alien teacher has walked in, and he's 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 just forgotten all pretenses that he's human now. He's creeping in. He's, he's being very creepy. You're going, you're like, come out, I can smell you. Which, like, that, ugh, <laughs> you know? Um, and he slams his hands down on the table, and she peeks out from underneath the table, and he peels off his skin. <laughs> and uh, the suit of skin, human skin, drops to the floor. And... Like, they made a whole suit of human skin. Like, for this dude. Like, to drop on the floor. What happened to it? What happened to the suit of the man? Where is it? Is it is it in, like, some BBC wardrobe right now? Like, what? They made a whole man suit. Skin. They made a skin suit. It's really weird. But I quite like that. Um, And so, of course... Cut back to Sarah Jane at the construction company, chatting to the lady who was spying on them. And the lady's like, right, you better stop asking questions. You better leave. And Sarah's like, you threatening me? And she's like, yes, peels off her skin. Good old Doctor Who style chase of, uh, you know, the Slovene are out now. They're chasing them all around. Come out, I can smell you. You better run. It's more fun when you run. All the... All the classic-y, villainy kind of stuff. But Clyde, Clyde thinks that Luke is a bit weird, and so he's up and left. Maria bumps into Clyde, and Maria's like, you better leg it. Clyde's like, what, 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 why, why, what's going on? He soon finds out what's going on. They're, they're fleeing. Uh, Luke has just got into the secret room. He's just tapped the wall where a door handle would be. It's not particularly secure, but... Uh, and then the, the the kid from the science club, the, the slightly tubbier child, has gone, Hey, Maria, uh, Clyde, come in here. I'll help you hide. And guess what? Guess what, dear listener? He was a Sabine all along. Oh, my goodness. And that's, that's their big reveal to end part one on. Luke's found the secret room. Sarah Jane's being hunted down by a Slovene. And uh, Clyde and Maria are being hunted down by a Slovene. And he, he gives he gives the line, I am a child of the Slovene, and this is my hunt. Grr. <laughs> it's just a very... He's, he's just a kid. He's just 100% a kid. And, you know, end credits. That's part one over. And I noticed that, uh, weirdly, I just picked this up. Maria's tie is really short. Like, all the cool kids had, like, really short ties. Like, Clyde's got a short tie, which is, you know, fair enough, because he's cool. But Maria isn't 
She doesn't hang around with other cool kids. She hangs around with Luke. But, you know, she doesn't really have any friends at the school. It's a brand new school. But she's, she's come in and she's made her mark by wearing her tie really, really, really short. So now, before we kick off part two, I've, I've noticed that all the Sabine as, as humans are, they're all posh, which is interesting. Like, like the head teacher is, is particularly posh, but the teacher is also quite posh. The child is quite posh. He's very much, you know, daddy, daddy, when can I go and hunt the humans? Um, and the head teacher is a lot more sort of, I'm the head teacher, yeah. This is a level five planet and we're going to destroy it. <laughs> it's just a sort of British posh villain sort of thing, really, I guess. Uh, it's sort of quite classic and entertaining. Um, and I wonder, maybe Doctor Who explains this or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it needs no explanation. But I wonder what causes the light to spill from their foreheads when they unzip them. This is the sort of tissue compression thing, which is what causes them to fart. It releases a load of gas or whatever. And apparently when they unzip their skin suit, a weird light spills out. Maybe it just looks nice. Maybe it's just a nice effect. Um, but the Selene head teacher, he's in the secret room that Luke is in. Luke has managed to escape because he's just sort of ineptly lunged at him and gone meh and missed. Which is the like Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh Sarah has escaped because the Sabine lady mentioned her perfume. And so Sarah's just sprayed it all at her and she's gone, oh no, but my sensitive nose. Um and there's a lot of escaping people by spraying them in the show. That happened in episode zero with the with the Bane spray. Um and so Sarah's got in her car, she's zoomed off. There's an actual glance at her hands-free thing in this one. She she has a little hands-free setup in her car, which is she's got a slightly more techy car than it looks on the outside. Fair enough. Um She she phones up Luke. <laughs> she's like, I was wrong, it was aliens. He's like, Yeah, I know. Points his phone at the Sabine that are chasing them all. Here's it screaming. Um and so Sarah informs him that the way she got out uh, was by creating a smell. So this is seems to be another weirdly long setup for another kind of crap joke, right? Because in part one, uh, Luke doesn't understand why people laugh when the Selena farting. And now, when they have to make a smell, Clyde goes, oh, what, are we going to, like, fart our way out of here? And Luke goes, oh, would that be funny? And it's just, like, a, a weird, like, is it a joke? Is it just, they're just referencing themselves? Referencing that Luke's trying to pick up on things? It's, it's weird. And it just reminds me of uh, episode zero again, with the with its weirdly long setups for jokes that don't land. Um, so they got to make a spell. they got to escape by that. So uh, Clyde gets out his deodorant and sprays it all. The deodorant is called, like, Wolverine or something. 
It's it's very it's such a fifteen year old cool kid solution. I mean, thank God nobody on set had asthma or something. <laughs> I mean, maybe they did, uh, but uh, you know, it's it's it reminds me very much of being in the PE changing room and all the kids being told if you want to put on deodorant, you're gonna to have to go outside because. There was like a thick mist of it in the changing room, and you know, if you if you imagine there, the entire place would go up. It's uh, it was very flammable and very lung inflaming, uh, and it's it's a hundred percent the solution that Clyde would use. So it's 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 pretty great. Sarah zooms up to the doors in time to sonic them and get everyone out, uh, and she's very angry about. Uh, Clyde being roped into it. Which, I suppose, is fair enough. Because, uh, you know, you've already got Maria roped into it, and now you, if you get Clyde roped into it, where, when does it stop? you got to stop somewhere. If the entire world finds out about this, there's no point to it. You know, you got to save the world, and you, you can't risk all these kids' lives. It's better off if they don't know about it. But the thing is, Clyde does now know about it, so you can't very well send him away. It's a bit of a rehash of Maria's plot. Of I found out about it now. You're gonna have to deal with me being one of the gang. Um, and we get some Dutch angles of Thirteen Benema Road just for the fun of it, I guess. They love their Dutch angles, but like I love it when they do it on the villain, because like yeah, that's this is the villain angle, but there's just like a weird angle of Thirteen Benema Road. Um, And now it's Maria's turn, actually, to tell Clyde that he should forget about everything and go home, because she's obviously parroting that straight from Sarah Jane, which again is a nice touch, but is very hypocritical. Um, and Clyde is basically like, well, I can stick in this gang, or I can go home and phone the police and get you all arrested. Uh, so, up to you, really. And I'm not 100% sure exactly how well that would work out. I think the police would just think that Clyde was a lunatic phoning them up. But it seems to work well enough for the plot. And so the, uh, the Selene are marching around, sort of contemplating their failure. And this is where we get all the references. Um, we get references to the Jadoon. Who apparently forced the Southern off Rexicorgo Calipatorius, their planet. Um, you get mentions of the Blatherine, you get mentions of the Hostrazine, the other families on Rexicorgo Calipatorius. I think you get For the Love of Clom, the twin planet from Love and Monsters. In Love and Monsters, they all immediately look at the Absorbaloff and go, oh, he looks like a Southern. He doesn't. He looks nothing like a Southern. But anyway. Um, uh, Sarah mentions Rose telling her about Savine in Downing Street which you know that's that's a, a great little mention it really does tie into that episode not plot wise but reference wise which I enjoy I'm, I'm not going to try and point out every reference but I like a good reference and uh Clyde goes into the attic because 
you know, you need to give up now on trying to keep people out of your attic. Once they're in the gang, they can come in the attic. And he's very shocked by Mr. Smith coming out of the wall. And he notices that after Mr. Smith pulls up a map of all the all the uh, locations of all the Slovene buildings, that they're all at the end of tube lines. Apparently, some of them are not actually at the end of tube lines, or at least they're like above ground tube lines, which doesn't make sense for the plot, but ignoring the semantics or pedantics or whatever whatever it is that you want to ignore, ignore it, and pretend that it all makes sense, and Clyde has noticed something very important. And then Sarah Jane confirms that this is the case not just in the UK but across the globe, that every location has some underground tunnel. And she gives Clyde none of the credit for that thought. Rude. Uh, and Clyde is like, okay, right, uh, we need to call in the army. Sarah and Maria both have a little moment of being like, nope, no guns, there's better ways to do this, thank you very much. Fair enough. Uh, this is Luke's point to reveal that he's told the Slovene how to destroy the world and the science club. He's He's been working on science and it's secretly Slovene science to try and get their power-stealing thing to actually work properly. Um, and but their their plan, the Savine plan, is still really quite vague. It's just sort of general world domination at, at this point, at least. That's all we really know about it. They just they want to suck the power out of the world. Okay, it's got big bane energy, just sort of general world domination. Um, and it turns out that the train tunnels are there because they're good at funneling all the heat away that they generate. Um. Sure, I'm not sure if that would be the legit thing in real life, but sure, roll with it. And the rotten food is a side effect of it being near all these like alien tech sites. Because apparently, I think it's Mr. Smith that says this, the sites cause cellular decay. They cause the food to rot. How they don't cause all the kids in the schools to start rotting? I mean, that would be horrific, so I'm glad it doesn't. But why is it food only? Are humans not made of cells? <laughs> and the fact that the Selene hid this in a school where they have to serve school food and they thought it wouldn't be picked up on? The Selene are incredibly, incredibly inept. They really are. And the only good thing about them is how ridiculously, ridiculously over-the-top and dramatic they are. Uh, I mean, I guess they don't care for human life, but it's not very good for keeping everything under wraps. An American news report pops up, and I think... I can't remember her name. I don't think she's a real news reporter. I think sometimes Doctor Who goes to some real UK news reporters, but not American ones. But at least the Russell T Davies sort of era of Doctor Who has its own, like, little thing set up, like, its own little world, and, like, in its, in it, in this Doctor Who, Russell T Davies world, that unfortunately has all sort of been thrown away a bit now, you know, with two lead writers on, but, um, I think her name was Trinity Wells, but I can't remember, that might be somebody else entirely, but she, uh, 
she's talking about uh power's gone out in china um power's gone out in la uh i think she's in washington dc and as she's talking about how long it will be until washington dc's power goes out washington dc's power goes out you know live on air which is almost funny um and so uh mr smith is you know trying to find out about the Savine. uh because i think it's popped up on sarah scanner watch now that it's working or something i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure how they figure out that they're all Savine. i think i think it is just her looking at her watch because when she looks at her watch um I think, well, I, I, well, they saw them face-to-face, -face, didn't they? They saw them face-to-face. -face. But I'm not sure, did she get a little bit of DNA? Did she just scan them or something? I can't remember. It's weird. It's not a point that they seem to dwell on very much. But she, at some point, she tries to read out uh, Raxicorico Felipatorius and stumbles over it and gets Luke to do it instead. Um, and I wonder if that's the bit that they wrote in for the character of Sarah Jane. Or if Elizabeth Sladen had legitimate issues trying to read out that word, and they went, "Okay, we'll do it, and we'll get." But it's another like humanizing moment, like when she needs glasses or something. It's just lovely. It's just very lovely. She is, she is such a mum, and it's very nice to have a show with just like a mother figure, just like being the star. I don't know how many of those sort of shows we've got. Anyway, as Mr. Smith is trying to figure everything out, he's pulling up three D models of I think the star poet. Uh, of the Bane, and then one that looks like Satan, because Satan is a legitimate thing in Doctor Who. <laughs> the Tenth Doctor met him once. Um, I looked it up. Turns out, not Satan. Satan's son. Because in Torchwood, apparently Satan's son turned up, Abaddon. And, uh, I mean, everything comes through the rift in Torchwood. And so, sure, we'll have a little Torchwood reference and pull up a 3D model of him. And Mr. Smith, right, the power goes out again in London. Presumably across the UK, but, you know, at least London. Um, and so the power goes down before Mr. Smith can reveal the weaknesses of the Savine, but he does reveal that they are calcium-based life forms, which is where a little bit of primary school chemistry is going to have to come into play. <laughs> There's a nice moment uh, where you get a shot of Alan in his house uh, with the radio on and it says the Prime Minister has promised that blackouts will not affect the UK and then the blackouts affect the UK <laughs> which is just a great diss at whoever the Prime Minister was at the time <laughs> uh, so Sarah's there and she's saying uh, we're the only people who can stop this I mean I'm not sure about that units down the road right units down the road unit can probably play a hand in stopping this it's very much like class it's class had this issue of the doctor being like oh you're all in charge now you have to do this because i can't deal with everything it's like yeah but you know who can unit and maybe unit aren't great they also like like to come in guns blazing but like sarah jane has a lot of ties to unit and at the end of the episode she gets them to go in and shut down all the sites spoilers so I know they only have half an hour because the Savine have now apparently turned off the sun. They're sucking the power from the sun. Their plan, it, it turns out, 
is that uh, they want to basically suck all the power out of the earth, leave it a lifeless husk, and then just sell it on. Which seems to be a sort of Slovene sort of plan. They like to just sell planets for money, and then they'll get their money to buy some big like uh, spaceships so they can go back home and can oust out all the other families on their home planet and take over. Um, there's so they're trying to figure out how to stop the Slovene. Uh, Clyde brings up the sandwiches. Um, he 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 brings up that in his bag was also some tank plastics. Which seems like a weird brand name drop for the BBC, and even weirder because they come back to Haribo later. Um, they all twig that it's uh, the vinegar on the chips, and obviously the vinegar reacts with the calcium. So what do they do? They get a load of spray bottles, and they put vinegar in it, and it's another a way of winning the day by spraying aliens. Why? Why is there so much spraying aliens? Who knows? But it's it's that's how that's how it is. And then I've got the note: Are these Savine gay? Because you've got the headmaster Savine, and you've got the teacher Savine, and you've got the baby Savine, and I'm fairly certain that the baby Savine calls both of them dad. And that doesn't seem to be like any sort of mother to him in sight. Because like you've got the other lady, Celine, but she doesn't seem to be connected, and they've all got really long, stupid alien names. Um, I mean, my apologies to the Celine. I'm so sure they're all loving names. Celine is basically their surname, and then like you got the Blatherine, who are the other ones, and then the Hostrazine, and you know, so they're all just different families. Um, so I'm not sure what their actual race is. I guess Raxacrocophalipatorian, but um, yeah. It's just that potentially they're gay. Who knows? Um, so <laughs> I've written, they, they mentioned the turn out the sun, and I've just written, I have so many questions about this. But it's a kid's show, and it's an evil plan, and we're just going to gloss over all the questions and, and just, just deal with it, I guess. Uh, the Sabines say that the kids smell like Haribo and chicken nuggets. What is it with the Haribo? Haribo Tankfastics, why do they keep name-dropping Haribo? Is it to be down and cool with the kids, because kids like to eat sweets? I don't know. Seems weird. Uh, a whole lot of this episode really came back to me as I was watching it, like a whole lot of Savine quotes. Which, no, I'm not going to quote for you now, because I can't remember any of them, but as I was watching it, they all came back to me. Um, and so they, they, go, they run back to the school to do their plan which is basically to just shut down the power thing um and uh a Slovene corners maria and basically goads her into murdering it which she laughs about and it was a murder in self-defense but she still seems very happy to have murdered the Slovene. uh she just chucks a whole bottle of vinegar over it and there's a very cgi explosion which then cut to a shot of basically people behind the camera throwing jelly at Maria and Clyde. Uh, because we love our messy, horrible explosions. Um, I've written in all caps, he was evil, but this was a murder. Then brackets, in self-defense, though. Um, and so, now that one of them is dead, all the other Slovene from all the other locations teleport in in order to help. 
which I was thinking, oh, that's really convenient, because if they get rid of all these Sathene, like, they're all in one place. But at the end, no, they just teleport back out again. So, hmm. Um, and now we get the big reveal of, like, the evil plan, which is basically just destroy the planet and sell the remains. Uh, which they say is not only, you know, a plan that's going to benefit them, but is uh, a bit of revenge for what the Doctor did. Uh, in in Doctor Who, which yeah, I didn't realize it so explicitly referenced Doctor Who so much. Um, I know the Doctor pops up in various episodes, which I'm very much looking forward to. But yeah, there's, there's, it's a revenge. But that's all they really say about it. That's that's the entire revenge of the Selene bit there. Is they go, this is our revenge for the Doctor. Okay, moving on. Um, you know, um, and so they've they've basically captured everyone and brought them into the room with all the electricity and Luke says that he didn't factor in that they were going to try and suck the power from the entire sun and that the building is going to explode so they need to reset the system now they've mentioned that their plan is if they can get them to reset the system he can shut it down so it's all very smart but the thing is I'm unsure and they I don't think they ever really uh, confirm I'm unsure if this is really clever on Luke's part and is a sign of him like actually putting all the information together and like his unique skill set and whatever or if it's just a really good coincidence and they may all be alive by pure coincidence once more this is basically just a rerun of a first episode again isn't it all, all these little beats that they're hitting is just to get us back into the show um I mean, he acts as though he doesn't know what a bluff is, and I'm not sure if he's acting or if it's legit. I mean, of course he's acting, he's an actor, but, you know, in the story. Um, it could be either way. But there's a, a lovely uh, heroic slow-mo CGI sonic, uh, sonic lipstick toss to Luke as it arcs through the air, and you've got the woof, 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 and it lands in his hand. Um because after the, the Selene believe him, they've, they've reset the system. He's absent with the sonic screwdriver. Everything's going to explode. Um, most of the Selene that have teleported in teleport back out again. What was the point of them? I don't... I just... I guess they had to get in here to get in danger so that they then leave rather than staying in their original locations. But honestly, what was the point of the original locations to make it more believable that if you've got locations around the world, you can turn off the sun rather than just locations in London. I don't know. Um, but one of the Selene uh, actually gets zapped by the electricity and explodes. Honestly, I think they just wanted to show off. They've, they've, they've got a brilliant exploding human effect and they just wanted to show it off, I think. Um, everyone runs out. The doors are closing. Uh, the little kitty Selene and uh, the... Headmaster Selene are trapped in the doorway. Um, Headmaster Selene says, he's my son, let him live. It's quite a poignant moment because Sarah's looking at Luke and she's like feeling this sort of connection between them. Um, the big one, he gets zapped and explodes because I really want to show off this effect. Uh, the little kid is, is says kind of slightly ruins the moment by going, I'm only 12 and like being excessively cute and like trying to plead his way out of it um but sarah 
zaps the door or something and he teleports away but she kind of acts like he's dead and it's really weird and she's like oh he was only a kid and we're like yeah you saved him i don't slightly bizarre but anyway they're all they've all left now the the crisis has been averted they're walking back down the street uh sarah's on the phone to somebody turns out it's unit turns out it's unit now you can get unit involved can't you she says send my love to the break which is beautiful i love that uh maria gets home and chrissy's there and she starts to link all the events together and she's like what's the one common factor in this and the way she's talking she like the common factor is sarah jane and she's like she's trying to link together that something weird is up with sarah jane but nope turns out that she's really narcissistic and uh all the events have been happening to her and she thinks she is the common factor and she's cursed which you know kind of feels like a setup for it kind of feels like a setup for her to realize later down the line that something's up with Sarah Jane so we'll keep an eye on that um there's mentions of the doctor and how Sarah got all started she's telling Clyde about it because he's one of the gang now because this is just episode zero again they do an adventure and once you've done an adventure you become part of the crew um an adult Telling a child to keep stuff a secret between them is a bit of a dodgy message to be putting out. It makes a lot of sense in the episode because, you know, the more people you bring in, the worse it's going to be because apparently only Sarah is equipped for saving the world and if everybody knows about it, it'll all go wrong. Sure, fair enough. But it's just, it's just a bad... Just don't... If kids... If an adult tells you to keep something a secret and they're a weird adult and you don't know them even if you do know them consider what it is that you're keeping secret and maybe that you should tell somebody you trust um it's just it's a kid show you don't want to be putting out that message do you you don't just it's just it's i'm surprised that one got through the net um anyway uh clyde goes upstairs he's he's sort of messing around with everything uh He's messing around with Mrs. Smith, who zaps him and says something like, be careful with your curiosity, and then chuckles, and it's all slightly sinister. Uh, Mrs. Smith is able to hack the media again for another cover-up. Clyde finally thinks that Luke is cool because Luke helped save the day. Um, it's all coming full circle now. Luke calls Sarah mum, and she accepts it after Clyde said, hey, you should probably accept that he wants to call you mum. And it's a big full circle, and then we close off the episode. So again, this one was very enjoyable. Uh, I love the theatrics of the of the villains. I think the plot was a bit weaker. Um, I think, and you know, I think it was potentially slightly problematic. It's it's basically episode zero again. So go back and watch that one if you want. And next week, we're going to hit us with episode two, which we get a bit of a like a next time on kind of thing. It's Gorgons and Nuns. Gorgons and Nuns in a big old church and creepy things going on. So join me again for that one. Next time. Bye for now.